What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Big Facts No Cap, and the only podcast that's number one with Bohemian Grove and the Eye of the Toad. I'm Adrian, here with Paul. Let's get Big Factin'. Let's get No Cappin'. Big Facts. No. Cap. Big Facts. No. Cap. No Cap. Big Facts. No. Cap. Big Facts. No. Cap. No Cap. By the way, Hex Girls, uh, best Scooby-Doo movie. I don't know if you guys uh, check out those direct to, uh, what is it, direct to home video? Mm. Um, Scooby-Doo and the Witch's Curse, I think. Better than the live action ones? (sighs) You know what? I'm going to say yes in the way that most people would say that the live action Grinch is not as good as the animated uh, one. There's like there's a certain feel to the animated ones that's just that you can't beat. But yeah, the uh the one with the hex girls, which one of those things where, you know, I think anybody who uh is into all cuties probably had a thing where they were like, hey, something they, these women that are doing the rock and roll on stage with their gothic outfits, that it's doing something to me and I'm a kid and I don't know what it is. <laughs> and I think me and my sister both experienced that. <laughs> a bit of a tangent, and we haven't even done media roundup yet. I just kind of threw us into the topic, which was a cult, but um a tangent based on what you just said and a lot of people have asked me before where whenever you discuss sexuality with people people always go oh like you know you discussing what you're into people always go oh do you know what why you're into that like and i'm like i my answer is basically no for everything that i'm into i don't have like a direct connection from childhood for any childhood trauma yeah but like i can't (laughs) think of any individual like instance from childhood i'm not like a furry who watched, like, uh, the Looney Tunes movie as a kid or whatever. I don't have, like, a very, like... Despite your answer, there's not a lot of experiences you had with goats when you were a kid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, which, uh, I don't know, for you, was that hinting at you do have, like, some specific uh, connections that you have in mind whenever you think about your modern sexuality? Are you into uh, hex girls nowadays? I don't even know what that is, but... No... I don't know how to say this. I think I'm sort of into them, not more than I'm into any other kind of look. But I think also it would look so silly for me to date a goth girl where like we just go out together and I'm just in my regular clothes. <laughs> and they're like, where went there? Like they have to, they kind of have to do a sort of mating, right? They kind of have to get with, with their own kind. Because <laughs> yeah, otherwise you can't be like half, one half of a goth. Well, I guess actually one of the YouTube producers who I really like who does like, I, I show you how to make beats on YouTube. His wife is a a, a a very goth looking woman. And yeah, like I said, it's kind of hilarious like it works for them and it's cool and i could like obviously it's not it's something i could overcome and that i wouldn't be like so uncomfortable with it that i wouldn't do it but when i think about it immediately my first thought is like no that's too silly i can't do that (laughs) (laughs) oh you just made me upset i'm never gonna get married to jamie peck from the the majority report as is my dream (laughs) but yeah uh do you have a do you have a media roundup for this week uh yeah let's do um do you want to do a christmas roundup or do you want to do a media roundup first uh i don't really care I guess it kind of crosses over. For Christmas, Dorley got me the um, Masterclass series on podcasting with uh, Joe Rogan. So oh. I'm excited to go through those. I didn't know that was a real thing. Okay, cool. That uh, is not a real thing. That's a joke I wrote before <laughs> this episode. <laughs> it seemed like a too silly a collision of different parts of our culture and society. Yeah, I think if they were to do it, it'd probably be like Mark Marin, right? Or like the people from Serial. It'd be Ira Glass, actually, almost certainly, right? Mm. That's like the right demeanor of person. 
I don't know, it's so funny to me because I do think of This American Life as a podcast, but it is really a radio show. <laughs> it just, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. released as a pod. I don't know. I don't know if there's a difference, but it is like interesting that I don't think, yeah, I don't he know was if a radio is. man. Um, no, actually, yeah. So in terms of media roundup, the only thing I have is that, oh, well, I guess Milan update. We got a incredible end of the season where we were two up, two nil up against Lazio. They came back two two. Last corner kick of the game in the 92nd minute, we got a header from Teo Hernandez, finished out the season unbeaten, top of the table. So that's great. Great time to be a Milan fan. And then a movie recommendation I watched. Um, I don't know what the Hungarian title is. I don't have it up right now, but um, it's Son of the White Horse, which is an animated Hungarian film that was, uh, it's very fun. I like the way that like uh, trippy films like Fantastic Planet are fun. So that was cool. I, I enjoyed that. Wait, did we talk about Fantastic Planet on mic or off mic? I can't even remember, but... I don't know if we've talked about it. I'm just, I've been a fan of that movie for a long time. Hmm. Weird. I watched it like a week ago. Maybe we've never even talked about it. <laughs> oh, shit. What'd you, what'd you think? It was good. And then you wanted to do a Christmas roundup, how our Christmases were. Mine was good. I ended up getting a PS5 from my uh, siblings. That was, that was cool. That was a nice gift. I've already beaten uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales. Pretty fun game. Whoa. Nice. Yeah. Uh, how was your Christmas, buddy? Pretty good. Pretty good. Went up to Portland. Got to see my parents. We all got together. It was chill. I didn't really ask for anything, so um, I ended up getting a little bit of money. Dorley got me a Wu-Tang hoodie. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I did some day trips. It was very Christmassy because we went to the mountain to do stuff in the snow, so it was all fine and dandy. Cool. No, actually, this is a good transition into our topic for the week because I wrote down in my notes app my or um, uh, an observation I have about uh, the Wiccans of today is that they're very similar to to modern gamers and people who are into like BDSM or online kink in that it is the least oppressed people in our society trying to find a way to claim oppression status. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh so yeah, uh white girls who are Tumblr witches, gamers and people who are into kink are three people who are absolutely not oppressed in any way. And are just constantly claiming like outsider oppressed status. It's better to have them on your side, even if you don't believe in it. You know, it's one of those things where, <laughs> like, you know, people who like don't believe in ghosts, but they're like, I don't test it though. <laughs> you know, or, I think that's yeah, maybe yeah. the right. <laughs> that's the right approach to have. <laughs> My parents are like, they, they, they won't admit to believing in ghosts or the occult, but they'll still like do that thing where they get upset if you like open an umbrella indoors or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get that. You know, why test it? <laughs> why would you ever? Um, but yeah, yeah, we're talking about witches, we're talking about that cult, we're talking about magic. Yeah, we're talking about general, like, practices that aren't backed by Western traditional science, you know what I mean? True, but not, like, I mean, I, I are, we're not gonna get into, like, uh, like, we're not gonna get into, uh... Alternative medicines? Uh, yeah, alternative medicines. <laughs> oh, this is actually kind of fun, because I took a whole sociology of the paranormal class in undergrad. Oh, yeah, paranormal's a good way to describe today's yeah. topic. Paranormal. So that was interesting because it was a real wide gamut of like everything from I did my last like final paper on sound healing. We did a lot of James Randi videos where he like disproves different magic tricks. Um, of people like claiming to have psychic powers. Oh, okay. I thought he you, he just meant like the magic. Like he, uh, my uncle never could pull out a corner a, a corner <laughs> from behind my ear. <laughs> That's just no, no. It's like the much darker shit. Like the guy who could like who tried to pretend that he could like move stuff with his mind and like open to school to like teach people how to do it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and then there's even stuff like chiropractic uh, medicine, where like apparently like the actual uh, foundational like 
theory behind that is just like a whole bunch of paranormal bullshit, whether or not the actual medical practice has any value or whatever. Yeah, I've heard that uh, like chiropractors actually like, I mean, I think they probably do help in the sense that massage therapy can like help with like uh mm-hmm. those sort of things. But I've also heard that like there's more than a few people a year who are just like, like they get their spine moved the wrong way by a chiropractor and just can't walk. So anyways, yeah. So yeah, that was just a that was a class that I took. And so I guess the point I was making is that there's a there's a whole lot of things that could fit into this umbrella topic. And we'll probably get to a more specific subsection of it in another one. But this time, we're kind of focusing on witches and fun little like, future telling practices. Have you uh, have you ever known like a Wiccan girl? I mean, I guess males could be Wiccans too. But in but most Wiccans seem to be like Tumblr girls. Yeah. Um. So I don't think I have. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be surprised if like some people I'm in grad school with do this and I just don't know. I'll, I'll I'll tell the story of the first time I became exposed to this and I think it's been going on longer than this. But the first time I heard about it was like in 2014 where an ex of mine was like, hey, look at this. One of my friends from high school posted this picture and it was a picture of her friend from high school uh, in a graveyard uh, with a bunch of her with the people in the photo were tagged as her coven and they were they were having uh like a a tea time like they had like a a picnic and tea set out at the graveyard (laughs) that sounds lovely it sounds so disrespectful (laughs) (laughs) that sounds like a good time (laughs) it sounds like such a cruel thing to do in a place that's not like a graveyard with an actual park area to just do it in front of a random person's gravestone (laughs) yeah 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 um well, why do they care? They're dead. Yeah, I just imagine like a crying family member from somebody who's like uh whose relative was deceased like a week ago showing up and like two tombstones over as a bunch of girls. Uh I think that's what most modern Wiccan girls are. I mean it's white twenty something year olds who partake in that sort of thing. Sort of dark aesthetics. Right. I think you so you think like uh like ritual community. Yeah, like, uh, it is a, a part of it is community. I think from the research I've done on this based on like, that's when I first heard about people like rediscovering being witches in the modern age. And I mm-hmm. looked into it a little bit. And uh, yeah, I mean, they, they do seem to legitimately believe in magic. Like they, they, it is all people who are mostly Americans raised Christian and rediscovered this as part of like a modern feminist structure and i was gonna say I think they do believe in the magic up. they do do spells and they do do hexes and whatnot yeah i think you're gonna bring this up at some point so i'll go ahead and bring it up too that one of my main exposures to this online is the subreddit uh which is against the patriarchy which is all basically like white middle class women talking about feminism and being witches i've not seen that subreddit i've seen r slash occult which is seemingly deranged people talking about uh <laughs> about their experiences with witchcraft um it's just kind of awesome though to like an insight into people's lives who are like the problems in their lives are the problems of the battle between good and evil between angels and demons heaven and hell and it just makes me kind of jealous that they get to live in that world <laughs> yeah those are some stakes dude i think one of the uh, an iconic post from r slash occult is the person who's talking about is talking about uh, summoning a succubus to have sex with he's so sure he's gonna do it 
rather than the other people on the subreddit being like, yeah, lol, good luck with that. So I'm gonna suck you. They're like trying to like warn him not to do it. Yeah, they're like, this is too dangerous. You don't know what powers you're. <laughs> you're so you're tempting. Really, really quick. Maybe this goes into why there shouldn't be male witches because if female <laughs> witches are using it to try to fight the patriarchy, and male witches are like, I'm trying to fuck something tonight. <laughs> what, can I, what can I summon? Maybe there should be less uh, male witches. That is true. That is the. <laughs> What I was going to say really quick is that in terms of reputation, which is against the patriarchy, I think it's one of those things where, like, in general, they get hate because feminists online get hate. And then I think there's some, like, uh, further left subreddits that don't like kind of the liberal aesthetic and nature of a lot of the people in those subreddits. So there's a lot of, like, wacky takes that come from that subreddit. Mm. Um, In the same way that, like, I don't know, I think there's also a big cross section of people who are into that and people who are into Harry Potter as a kid, which is like a real target for uh, (laughs) leftists online. Oh, I guess that might be a connection. I never really thought of it uh, that like going back to your whole thing about where in childhood did you try and like, did you get the spark for something? I think that seems uh, that seems likely. It does seem likely. I think there's also just like a, a fun aspect. It's probably like a it's probably like a little from looking at different things online about witchcraft before this episode. It f- feels like a fun little scavenger hunt to do most spells. Like you got to find like something that's important to your memory of a person. You got to find a little bit of this like herb, a little bit of this thing, a little bit of like there's you gotta find something new, something borrowed, something blue. No, like literally, it's like it's that type <laughs> of shit. It really is. Like, oh, you need to find something that you've taken from another person. You Wait, know. is this them trying to get you to narc on yourself to the cops? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. You know, if, if, if you look at doing most spells that you can find online as a sort of, um, like, it's about the journey, not the destination, it doesn't matter if the spells mm. don't do anything. It's, it's, a, it's a fun way to spend an hour and a half, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. I guess I will say this is a good point to interject about the fact that you saying that you did research before this. I, I did not do any research about any of this before. So I am going in on first impressions uh, and general trends that I've noticed online. Don't come after me, which is I'm just uh, I'm just having a couple yucks over here. Yeah, I don't know. Actually, I don't really know what the timeline is in terms of when like this really got big and when it's really hit its stride and is, has reached its peak of popularity. I think the 1950s was when like the modern Wiccan stuff started. The modern like the feminist intersection Wiccan stuff started happening. Obviously, with like in the 90s, we saw all those movies and like you know we started getting shows like like uh, Enchanted. And we started getting, uh, I forget the names of the movies, but you started kind of getting like that hot witch thing in the 90s. Yeah. Paul, do you want to talk about your relationship with Charmed? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Charmed is a show that for whatever reason I was enamored with as a kid. Maybe that's why. (laughs) I'm sure that has to be attached to my sexuality somehow. Uh, (laughs) uh, They were very sexy. Um. That that really was a core part of the show. They were like half naked fighting demons. And so many Alyssa Milano was one of the charmed, right? Mm-hmm. And so was that's her, why you love her so much. And right? so was her uh, core nemesis, her like biggest enemy nowadays. <laughs> yeah, her current uh, yeah heel <laughs> to her uh, face. Uh, what was her name? She was the one that came in later as the adopted sister. Paige? Yeah, for whatever reason, as a kid, I watched a lot of Charmed. I think I've seen every episode of the series. Should we get back on theme? Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know why this is one of those ones where I'm like being timid to share my opinion. I think it's just because I don't really have. I think basically I have the impression of it that Paul has that it kind of just seems like uh, wacky middle class white women. But 
I don't know how strongly I want to lean on that stance. And I mean, I, I'm I'm not trying to take it away from them. Like, have at it. I am. It seems kind of fun. <laughs> it seems kind of fun. It seems kind of exciting to live in a world where ghouls, goblins, and uh, angels and demons exist. But yeah, I know an older woman who I think would have gotten into this if she was slightly younger. And instead, because she's a little bit older, she just got really into geocaching. And I think that's the closest <laughs> thing that <laughs> she's going to get to it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah um uh, some people online uh, the frustrating part is when people online try to claim some sort of like uh religious status for their wiccan beliefs or some sort of like uh, right discrimination against wiccans that they're marginalized at all yeah yeah some sort of minority status and it's like i'm sorry you're clearly just a middle class white woman like you can't (laughs) i don't know just like comparing like wiccophobia to islamophobia is beyond the pale it just shows like a real lack of self-awareness and a real lack of context yeah yeah that ain't that ain't that ain't it chief there was that thing where stephen miller was trying to get the trump administration to ban immigrants from predominantly witch nations right (laughs) and i supported it that would basically just be a western european ban right (laughs) yeah i don't even know where would that be would that be that we can't take people in from the islands like madame zaroni is this is this a is this a threepeat for Madame Zeroni getting mentioned on the pod? <laughs> I think it is. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that does remind me. None of this counts for actual like the like the West African religion. Yeah, yeah. That this is all based from. This is we're talking exclusively about modern white Wiccans. And unfortunately, hopefully, we're not contributing to this erasure. But I don't think those kinds of people make advice columns. I think it's the white witches that make advice columns. So that's who we have for this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there anything else you want to say off top about this subject or anything? I mean, um, the advice column that we're bringing in is like a witch column, but it's not like they answer witch questions. They like use a, a witch framework to answering questions. So it's not like we're gonna like have anything to really comment on there. It's not like the questions are like, hey, I've added Eye of the Newt to this potion 16 times and it's still not working the way that I should. What, what, what should I do? Should I add uh, some lizard tongue into it instead? <laughs> um, uh, I'll give a shout out to Alan Moore, who I think is, um, is believes in magic and witchcraft. He's like one of those people that when he talks about his religious beliefs, though, and he talks about his belief in magic, it's like so broad that it seems like it could mean anything like even in the way that he he it's talks a Pete about Holmes space to be in yeah magic is basically just like his, the a child's belief in love is magic it's just like one of those things like it's yeah, everything yeah. so i don't know how do how do you feel about that like when people try to square their religious or like spiritual beliefs with like obviously the fact that these things aren't logically true but yeah, yeah. their justification is this kind of like roundabout, like, oh, it's, you know, I don't know. It's always something different. It's always either the multiple paths up a mountain or whatever, or the uh, a thing about like how, you know, the unknowables. I don't know. It's always kind of a mixed bag of words. And that like ideas. science is just as much of a religion as anything else. Yeah. That kind of stuff. The word faith yeah. comes into it. An expansion of what the word truth means is usually in there. A little debate about what is knowable and what's not knowable. Yeah. I, I It's something that I stopped engaging with after high school. So yeah, I don't know. I don't boring. get in a lot of those. I don't get in a lot of drunk conversations like that with people anymore, really, to be honest. Um, if you're not personally invested in justifying it, it's a very boring conversation to have. Yeah, totally. 
Uh, and I'm not like a aggressive skeptic like that anymore since like after high school. So I don't really get in those situations too often anymore. Mm. Um, I will say really quick that for the longest time, I have been enamored with the palm reader in on the way to West Columbia in Lexington down that like road with the flea markets on it. And I could never convince anybody to go with me in high school. I remember I wanted to like do it with my girlfriend and she didn't seem really interested in it. I want to do it with like Hunter and I don't think he wanted to do it. And I don't know if I ever asked you, but for the longest time, I was like, I really want to get my palm read and just to see what this experience is like. And I think I don't know if that's disrespectful, but like a lot of these things like getting tarot card read or like doing tea leaf reading or getting your palm read. They just kind of seem like experiences that I would want to do just for the fun of it. Yeah, I just want to see the decor in the place mostly. I want to see like all the like uh, all the purple hangs on the wall. I want to see the little yeah. orb with all the smoke in it. I want to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to see like the lack of doors when it's just all beads hanging down. Yeah, like, exactly. I, I, I just want the vibes. And, and did you ever go? I thought there was going to be a culmination to the story. No, the culmination of this story is that I think there's one in Sacramento that I've passed by a lot too, and I really want to go to it. I just don't have, <laughs> especially now. I don't think I don't I don't think. Uh, palm readers are considered essential workers um so i don't think it's gonna be a while before i can go to one uh maybe from someone listening to this podcast they'll uh express interest in wanting to do it with me but um yeah, yeah i don't know I don't, it's always seemed like a fun thing and then i think there is one other thing i wanted to say about uh all of these things about fortune telling and stuff like that oh yeah it is also one of those things where like and this goes back to my sociology of the paranormal class where you have to get in the discussion of like people who are vulnerable who get into places of relying on like a psychic or something because it makes them feel better or go on those tv shows and the way that it's like really predatory and kind of gross i mean that is separate from like personal belief in being a witch which i don't think is usually commodified in that way but there is a kind of a whole gross industry that um hmm. Probably in a way that I don't think people who are witches would identify with is like, I think that's a very easy thing to be like, oh, that's not like, you know, actual witchcraft or whatever. But uh... And then um, I'm going to bring up the sort of mirroring point to that, which is the difficulty in ever talking about this without seeming like an absolute buzzkill who's no fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've already talked about that with uh, astrology, which is in this same framework of like modern Wiccans. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I get it. I think it, you are kind of a buzzkill if when somebody brings up astrology, you immediately bring up how logically it's not true. It makes no sense. It is blatantly and obviously false. Is that the message of the last Avatar episode about that? Where Sokka's obviously right the entire episode, yeah. but he's being a buzzkill. And then at the end, it's like when the child who like rages about how Santa isn't real gets like a present from Santa that he can't explain. <laughs> isn't it at the end, like the uh, like it ends up being right about something? Yeah, well, she does, right? Because she knows that the volcano is going to explode. And it turns out that she could. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, she was right about a lot of things in that episode, actually. So, yeah, I think she uh, that was where Aang went in trying to figure out if he was going to fuck Katara or I guess marry Katara. <laughs> yeah, I think Aang <laughs> right? is maybe a little like, bit yeah, less right. disgusting than you, Adrian. He respects women <laughs> like me. <laughs> yeah, that was um, that was actually really cool where she did the thing where you like put the bones in the fire, right? Mm hmm. Yeah, that also seems like a really cool experience. I would totally, I don't know if that's a, re- I'm assuming that's based in something, so. All right, this is a long intro. Is there anything else you want to make peace with before we get into it? Nah. All right, so we're only doing one article this week because it's a very long article, and I think you'll see kind of once we explain the structure of it, why it's so long. So this is uh, Guts, which is just kind of like an alternative uh, lifestyle publication. Um, and so this is Ask a Feelings Witch. Specifically, the title of this one is Abundance slash Scarcity. And so this is from Carly Boyce, who is uh, Ask a Feelings Witch. 
and here is the general description they put at the top of every article. In the cards is a monthly advice column by Carly Boyce, a queer and genderqueer femme witch based in Toronto. With a background in community-based sexual health, grief work, and suicide intervention, in addition to several years of tarot reading, she brings gentle advice and the wisdom of the cards to your questions about life, love, and feelings of all sorts. Paul, are you ready for the question? Yes. Okay. Dear Feelings Witch, I keep getting horoscopes that talk about career and finances and money, and I keep balking at them. I'm sick to death of struggling to make rent every month, but I also have a lot of feelings around money and wealth. That wasn't Adrian being an ass. It actually spelled feelings with six E's. Oh yeah, thank you. <laughs> around how much time and energy I want to spend on making money versus how much time and energy I want to spend on things that let me need less of it. Around scarcity and worthiness, but also around hating money and feeling shame around wanting to reliably access it, even though I know, intellectually, it's just a metaphor for time and energy. Worrying that I will become an oblivious rich person if I'm ever not broke. There's a disconnect in my head and heart between abundance, being resource-rich in friends, food, garden space, raw materials, and skills with which to make things that I can share but also that I can keep and use, and wealth, being cash-rich to the point that I can afford to lose those skills and those connections because I can just buy everything from strangers and still have a hoard of money in the bank somewhere. I feel like a greedy, shallow bitch for even wanting an answer for this, for even talking about it, and I feel like I must be too rich already for having the time, energy, wherewithal to even consider it. But... What do your cards have to say about how I can heal that disconnect, how to stop hating, fearing, distrust, money, and wealth, and instead integrate into the web of connections, skills, and energy, and attention that are part of my understanding of abundance? Thanks so much. One interesting question. Yeah, and the person seems really nice. I like that. I take back all the rude things I said about witches. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess there's also, um, the, the coolest witches are the, one who, are the ones who are anti-patriarchy, yeah, uh, pro-feminism, yeah. but then also anti-capitalism, right? Which I'm sure is like a big subsect of, or is some portion of the witch community. Oh, uh, after complimenting the person, I don't want to seem dismissive or mocking by bringing up this part, but the part where she brings up like the like real like uh special episode like childhood idea of like, don't worry, I am rich. I have like twenty friends. I'm rich in experience, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like I think we would have been like fine and understanding if you just said like. <laughs> between you know quality of life and wealth rather than explaining that there's two potential definitions to yeah 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 well i don't know i guess her quality of life does have like a very commune feeling to it though right yeah 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 it seems like she loves a pretty idyllic life right uh but she yeah does want more money um which you, i mean obviously you can't be faulted for in our society that like you know is a barrier to like health care and uh yeah, transportation yeah, yeah. and a lot of things that even taking care of yourself you just can't provide for yourself in any way without uh without actual like money wealth yeah there's that like those are their classical studies that you uh, learn about in your psychology class where it's like after like eighty thousand dollars the amount with which your happiness increases with an increase in wealth like completely diminishes mm. once you like are at the level where you're able to basically take care of yourself you're fine. Whereas everyone below that line is suffering from like anxiety and depression all the time. <laughs> oh, nice. I see you're using the uh, my Christmas gift, my Christmas gift to drink out of. I am. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you soaked that scarf real good and you're dripping it right into your mouth. <laughs> Dude, just a real wet rag right into my mouth. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, this is like actually kind of a, I don't know, complicated question that I don't know if I have a nuanced answer for. I. I don't know if we can answer this. She wants the cards to tell her what's up, but 
I That's almost true. don't get get the question because she says her horoscope is constantly talking about careers and finance, but she's like sick. Like that hasn't gotten her any solid answers to like mm. her problem to figuring out like what to do about money and how to live comfortably. But she's going to ask somebody with tarot cards. So don't worry. It's about to be all sorted out. Like what horoscopes, the, the blank spaces left in her knowledge from horoscopes are about to be filled in by somebody reading cards. Uh, well, horoscopes are really like fortune cook cookie right? Like where it's like great fortunes ally in your future or something like that. I don't know. I don't read a lot of hor horoscopes. But there's also like the idea about personality types and horoscopes. Um, Mm. oh that's another one of like going back to the earlier things where people try to have like a logical reason for why what they believe is okay i remember an ex of mine who believed in all this stuff like witches uh that it called um spirits ghosts um horoscopes she really believed in horoscopes giving me the logical reason that horoscopes were good to believe in was um was that they're just a paradigm to 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 observe human behavior with was like her like kind of nice sentence for why it's like helpful to believe in horoscopes yeah sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah what is this idea that like if she gets i guess there is like always a feeling that um certain people have especially if they're class conscious of like i, I worry about if i were to ever get too rich if i would just become like the stereotype of someone who just like goes around telling people like ah you'll be a conservative once you get some money and like get older usually what they say is get older which like they mean is a correlate of like get money but I get that worry. Uh, I don't know how founded the worry is of like, if you make more money, you're gonna become disconnected from your friends and family and community. Yeah, especially if like, w the things that make you happy are friends, food, garden space and raw materials. I, th I think you're pretty safe from becoming like a big dick energy jerk just because you get a little cash. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, this one's hard for us to give advice, right? Because she wants her future told. Do you want to guess her future? I think she's going to die in a tragic accident in five days. Ooh, wealth means nothing, because the thing that means the most is time. Love that. Um, I'm going to take a second here in terms of structure to talk about how the feelings which answers questions, which is I think she does one that's like heart of the matter, where she draws a tarot card to like read what the heart of the matter is. Then there's like a what do you actually do section where she draws another card that tells you what you're actually supposed to do. And then there's another one of what to think of, like how you should go about thinking about it based on a card and then what to be careful of um, based on another card. Uh, this person sounds really sweet. They seem like they have a good grip on um, on their Actually, ego. Um, it reminds me of a lot of parent questions where if you're asking this question in the first place, you're probably pretty you're probably in a good place. Yeah, I don't know if it's predictive about her ever being financially stable. I mean, she's sweet and she has like a good grip on her ego. I don't know if that means she's necessarily ever going to have money, but it it feels like because she's talked about her friendships and stuff, she seems like the type of person who's never going to... It seems like a bad bill wouldn't end her because she would have some people in her community... A support to, structure, yeah. To support her. She has that support structure. So, you know, it's not quite as life or death for her. Like I said, I think the fact that they asked this question in the first place, I don't know if I've really thought about it that often. I think because I don't think I'm ever going to be rich, so I don't have to worry about whether or not I become out of touch. You seem to have a good head on your shoulders. I don't think any amount of money is going to like really uh, fuck up your values as much as Ethan to think it's going to. So mm -hmm. uh, I think you're going to be fine. And get your money doing something you enjoy. Uh, me and Adrian gave you all those good suggestions. All right. Do you want to go to what the Feelings Witch has to say? Yes. Dear Gentle Reader. Thank you for this question. 
I think a lot of folks are wrestling with these ideas, and I am so glad to have an opportunity to participate in the conversation and consult my cards for some ideas of ways forward. Money is tricky business, especially for folks who would like to smash capitalism, or crapitalism as I like to call it. Paul, how do you how do we feel about that? <laughs> uh, if anything's going to end capitalism, it's kind of bad puns on you know i didn't want to say it but that had strong amelia's mom's energy if she was an (laughs) 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 anti-capitalist which i I assume she isn't but (laughs) we're gonna end capitalism with a with a cake where the frosting represents um the the white (laughs) the white bodies um taking credit for all the delicious chocolate sheet cake underneath and that was a solid attempt paul i appreciate that (laughs) okay Um, In addition to my tarot cards, some of the consistent sources of genius wisdom in my life are femmes who do sex work. I learn a lot, both Twitter and my deep relationships with folks in these communities. My friends who do sex work were the first people I ever heard say that they love money. The first time I heard it, I felt shock, confusion, and some judgment. Does that idea of loving money feel awful to you? Why? Who does it serve if we hate and fear money? What would be possible if you could feel a range of emotions about money as you likely do for every other kind of power, privilege, and resource that you access, use, leverage, and share? The interaction helped shake loose some of these questions for me and let me ask myself what would happen if I thought of money as a tool that can let me get access to things I need and share them with my community. It is okay to want, wish for, hope for, and like money. I'm not sure I feel like there is an ethical justification for holding on to fistfuls of it, just like any other resource. I like this. So far, she's going for a really uh, contrapoints what's wrong with capitalism energy. Uh, yeah, I do also like her her friends who are just like walking up there like, I love money! <laughs> 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 Have you heard about this money thing? I love, like, who's <laughs> <laughs> What what is the situation? I mean, I get it might just be like an apocryphal story to like get across the point of like her seeing them spend money and value it, but it's just funny that she wrote it as they told me that they love money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. So queers, radicals, activists, weirdos, we walk in two worlds, the world we are constantly trying to create and the one we actually live in. It's an ongoing puzzle to decide how to live your values to be your ideal self in a world that fails you, hates you, wants to erase you. The disconnect is real and painful, and it isn't your fault. Anti-capitalists sometimes think we can avoid the traps and pitfalls of class privilege by avoiding having money as much as possible. But this might not be the most effective use of the power and privilege we have access to. Let's see what wisdom and questions the cards have to offer about this. Uh, And so it has a picture of her cards laid out that she's going to talk about. So we have uh, Six of Keys, The Sun, Ace of Feathers and Seeker of Keys. There we Which go. Yeah, it's kind of a blurry picture. That is not a card um, in my tarot deck. I don't have Seeker cards, but interesting. Ooh. Okay. So this is one of those things where we're linked to the article, but also those are the cards uh, listed going counterclockwise direction. So I don't know if that determines what. Uh, which question they oh answered. and by the way it looks like her tarot deck is like this really cool hand-drawn deck that i'm pretty yeah. jealous of it's a, it's a nice uh, some nice images oh and actually i'll go ahead and say that uh i think it's been a while since we've really judged the advice giver but so far really solid writing and really solid uh ideas so far i i did sense a little bit of like um i don't think she outright wanted to say hey if you ever need a quick buck uh do only fans but she kind of slid in like a sly way to get across that idea <laughs> yeah 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 okay anyway 
Heart of the Matter, Ace of Feathers slash Swords card was drawn. The Ace of Feathers is the Wishmaker, the figure who knows that feelings, ideas, and intentions can be made more solid by speaking them aloud. Whether you are putting your thoughts about cash and abundance into words and poetry, spells, conversations over the dinner table, workshops, or other settings, the Ace of Feathers wants you to name your worries, insecurities, hopes, dreams, fears, and questions about wealth. Do it imperfectly, and do it often. Talking about your money openly, what you make, what you need, how to use it, is a disruptive act that starts to erode the taboos that try to quash conversations about money as impolite. These taboos serve the people with the most access to wealth by letting them get away with never having to defend their choice about how they use, share, keep, or spend the resource they have access to, and by entrenching shame for those who have less. Wealth is not a meritocracy, and the myth that it reifies the self-aggrandizement of wealthy and upwardly class-mobile people, and also supports ongoing hatred, discrimination, and criminalization of people who experience poverty. How do you feel when money comes up in a conversation? Do you feel compelled to change the subject? For your comfort or for someone else's? Why is it so much harder to ask someone what they pay in rent than it is to ask what kind of food they like to eat? What would be possible if we were all more able to talk comfortably about what we make, pay, give, and share? Just writing to me about this question, dear reader, is powerful and disruptive, and I am so glad you did. The Ace of Feathers wants you to get a lot of practice asking questions like this one, and listening to other people muddle through putting their thoughts into words. Some people have never spoken their confusing nest of thoughts and feelings about money aloud, so it might get messy and complicated. White middle class folks especially have work to do here, having so little practice at this, and so much social programming against it. Yeah, a lot more good ideas. I was into that. So it may, while reading that paragraph, or while you were reading that paragraph, it made me think of the fact that I have a whole lot of trouble talking money with people who aren't like my family, basically. So like when my old roommate owed me some money because I lent her some money, I like would never ask for it back. Like I just kind of expected her to know and pay me back eventually. Like the first time I house sat and cat sat for my advisor, like I actually told him over email after he said, by the way, how much do I owe you for doing this? Uh, like what was our agreed upon amount? Uh, let me like write you a check. Uh, I wrote him an email back being like, thank you for bringing that up because I would have never brought that up <laughs> if like you didn't. Uh, it's I, I have like terrible anxiety over asking people for money like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. I totally get that. That type of stuff is hard. Whereas Paul's more of a bitch better have my money type. <laughs> yeah, no, I've broken some legs. Okay, so this is the what to do section from The Sun. So I'm particularly excited for this advice. This is a resounding you've got this from the cards. The Sun is the energy of feeling skilled and competent, things working well together, and bringing skills successfully from one area of your life into others. You already know how to live with and struggle through scarcity inequitable distribution, and structural oppression related to other kinds of resources, time, energy, ability, privilege. You can use all of those competencies in your financial life too. You know how to get what you need and share what you can. You know about generosity and compromise and leveraging what you can access to benefit others in your communities. You know about hustling and improvising and letting yourself enjoy the small moments when things come easy and feel safe. The sun has total faith in your ability to enact those beliefs and skills in your financial life. What stands in the way of you feeling competent about managing money? What are the fears associated with money and having money? What are your fears about making conscious choices about money? Are you feeling nervous about exposing yourself to critique? Have you developed skills to hear, process, and integrate critiques in other parts of your life, art, and work? Maybe it would feel helpful to learn more skills around finances. Mostly those are passed down generationally in families with wealth, and that sucks. Maybe you want to build more competence in thinking and talking about class and class discrimination in our communities and movements. All right, short and sweet. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it all seems, uh, all seems like good advice. Like a certain amount of like comfortability with your finances could help. Um, it, you know, I mean, it's like every advice column. You don't really know the person's life, so you're just kind of shooting shit into the suns, which is kind of why this like tarot, uh system isn't a bad way to do it just like let me pick three different paradigms to answer the questions through and we didn't get enough information to know why she felt she didn't have money so we are kind of like you know it is three different potential answers is is it because she's uncomfortable with uh with the actual like mechanics of taking care of her finances or with the first answer is you know maybe it's like a certain uncomfortableness with uh navigating the social aspects of money. So I, I think this tarot idea actually works really well for an advice column because I mean it's basically guesswork in any situation, but this is just like three paradigms to guess by. Um but even beyond that, I like the idea of the tarot card of the sun starting off by being like, hey, this card basically means like you don't like you're probably gonna do fine. Which is what our answer was. So like they they got to the same conclusion. Uh, but with like this like slight fun part of like hey i picked a random card and it also thinks you're gonna kill it uh and i kind of <laughs> like that all right paul two more sections you want to go through them yeah okay so the next card she drew was the six of keys slash wands and this is the what to think section so the six of keys for here says oh so that's why some of these uh cards are different because they put different words on because i was i was gonna say like keys doesn't make sense like that's not a tarot grouping but like her card set just replaced the wand cards with key cards okay for our big tarot heads and it's the kind audience, of like a british american thing okay i went to a workshop a few months ago about navigating relationships as a trauma survivor and the facilitator premised the whole workshop on the idea that for people who have trauma histories which let's face it is most of us or maybe even all of us Dating is an extreme sport. Extreme sports can be pretty awesome. They also require careful, laborious preparation, constant self-assessment, and strong community support. Even well-equipped, most extreme athletes spend some of their time injured and recovering from those injuries. Setbacks, injuries, and mistakes are not anomalies. They are an expected part of the trajectory of being part of the game. I think this analogy might be helpful here too, in how the Six of Keys, a card about cycles and winning and losing, Playing hard and being celebrated for your accomplishment is asking you to think about money. In sharing economy, sometimes you're the guy who needs a hand, and sometimes you're the guy who can offer help. It's hard for me to think of an ethical justification for hoarding wealth, even though the narratives we see are all about stepwise growth and endless expansion. Sometimes you win the wrestling match, and sometimes you're the guy in the mud with a foot on your chest. No one should get to stay on the podium forever. This card wants you to notice when you're in a strong position and when you're not and be able to modify how you use the ethics around money depending on your position moment to moment. In your question, you reference fears about becoming or even already being an oblivious rich person, which sounds to me like a fear of your values slipping away. How do you manage the risk of mission drift in other parts of your life? Do you check in and debrief with people who share values with to get feedback and see if you're doing the things you are setting out to do? One of the qualities of being on the podium is that people are looking at you. That makes me think that in some of the communities you run with, folks look to you as an example or come to you for guidance. It may be that if or when you start talking and talking about thinking more about money and wealth, others will look to you and how they manage that kind of resource and privilege too. What do you want to model? 
A real powerful example to set and discuss and muddle through and experiment with is an ethic of giving. How much of your money do you give away? What people or communities or organizations do you prioritize? Would you give a certain percentage of your income away every month at the end of the year? Give a small amount every time you're asked, split the gift between registered nonprofits that issue tax receipts and individuals raising money for their medical expenses, transportation, legal costs, or other things our social services fail to provide. Did I say something wrong? You said transportations, not transitions. Sorry. This is like, it feels like a mouthful. I feel like I'm not going to get enough air. I feel like my nose has been clogged too long. Yeah, I feel that way too. And I think, uh, really quick, I'll take this second to interject for a quick break just to say uh click on the link to read through this for yourself and kind of like other questions uh there are links to certain things that are being said so there there's probably some extra information on like ethic of giving has a whole link to itself so check some of those out no that's boring uh search pornhub.com and uh masturbate instead (laughs) split your gifts between registered nonprofits that issue tax receipts and individuals raising money for their medical expenses transitions, legal costs, or other things our social services fail to provide? What about raising money if you can't give as much as you want, or you want to have a greater impact than your capacity? For me, learning about and practicing grassroots fundraising has been the place where I have learned the most about my own baggage around money and class, and also begun to find ways to navigate those things. I don't think of giving and raising money as charity. This is work that is intimately tied to personal and collective liberation, and moving resources feels more like reparations work than philanthropy. The Six of Keys wants you to plan for the ebb and flow of resources in your life, and also think carefully about what you want to model in your communities. You are more powerful than you know. All right, Paul, how much of that came from the card, and how much was just was, was that just... I think that. I think you bring up a good point. <laughs> Like, you also have tarot cards, which we're, that's a foreshadowing to later on in this episode, but how much of that would you verbatim have read from getting this card? Um, almost the exact same thing. In fact, I think it was obvious, if anything. Okay, you know, I, I don't live this life, so I don't know, but uh, <laughs> still good advice. I just, uh, I, I question, I guess there's always a, otherwise, why would it, there need to be multiple people who read tarot cards if they just give prescribed answers? I mean, because... Not every tarot reader can be everywhere, but I mean, these answers are ordained from the heavens, Adrian. They can't be different. Here's what I say. I say I want to do a, is it John Smith who founded Mormonism? Mm -hmm. I want to do a, I want her to write out her answer. I want to throw it away where she can't find it and then give her the card again and say, write the answer exactly the same again (laughs) uh, to prove that it's actually being divinely inspired. Uh, I mean, it also has to do with the position of the sun and moon at that moment, um, the the energies around you. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. (laughs) That's all above board. Uh, that, That was a strong answer. Um. Uh, a little bit of a of a like humble brag in there about her own charity work <laughs> yeah 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 for sure um yeah so anyways her answer was good i think that that makes sense you know um i think actually i don't know why i want to call out andrew wk right now but i feel like he would have more of the energy of like don't have any material possessions uh materialism's terrible uh and like don't try and have any money where i feel like this is a very practical approach of like money is one of the few ways we can influence the world even if you don't fundamentally believe in hoarding it you can still use it to do positive things i really yeah andrew wk would have a much more annoying answer about like about 
uh, like hit the road with nothing in your with nothing in your van and just a guitar. Yeah, yeah. And then Ask Polly would be like, "You think you're stacking them racks, but let me let me let me see what you're stacking." Ask Polly would just me, shame bro. you for being poor and then talk about how much money she's made recently. <laughs> <laughs> how did you even write to me without a computer and with your potato that you're using? <laughs> I could tell from how daintily you hit the keys that you're a poor person with no confidence. You disgust me. <laughs> I can tell from your hotmail address that you're an immigrant. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to make enemies in this game. Okay, so last section. I also saw really quickly that there's still an extra about part of Carly Boys at the end. And I do want to mention that she is apparently a witch for hire. So if you're looking for one, I don't know if you have to be local to Toronto, but you know, she likes bitter foods and yarn and hates gelatinous foods and capitalism. She thinks that leopard print is a neutral and that prison should be abolished. Paul, how do you feel about that? Because I have strong opinions about one of those things. I feel <laughs> leopard print. Me too. No. Yeah, I really don't like animal prints. My uh, girlfriend in high school had zebra print uh, curtains, and I used to like shit on her all the time for that. I really don't like animal print stuff, which is ironic because I have a lot of animal pattern stuff, which is um, maybe those should be switched. But I have like a lot of things where it's like little giraffes on a shirt, but I don't like the idea of like a giraffe skin look to like a, a purse or something. Last of this advice column, what to be careful of seeker of the keys slash page of the wands. The seeker of keys is the choice maker the card that puts you in close contact with your own agency. In a position of something to watch out for, I think that the Seeker is here to remind you that you do not have the power to crush capitalism with your own individual choices in how you get and use money. As so Oh, I was literally about to say this. As some might say, there is no ethical consumption under capitalism. It's a pretty tricky system to opt out of at this time, so to some extent you have to participate. I think the project is twofold. Find ways to get and use money in ways that align with your goals and values while also working towards the longer term and more communal goal of smashing the system. Lots of folks in my communities are finding ways to divest from banks, to repatriate land, to participate in efforts that change the big picture while also surviving or even thriving in the current system. Your individual choices matter, and you have real impact, but there are no purely individualistic solutions to collective problems. The Seeker of Keys is a warning against individualistic thinking and a reminder of community and independence. This spread of cards is optimistic. It says that you have the wisdom and power to change how you feel and how you feel about and interact with money and capitalism. Healing this disconnect is a process that starts with conversation, disruption, and collectivity. I believe in you and in the abundance that you can create and share. Ask your feelings, which. All right. Wow. I really like at first I thought like what a huge wall of text, but I really enjoyed most of that, if not all of that. Oh, I, I thought it was all really good, too. Cool. Yeah, yeah, one of those ones where I don't really have that much to add or say to it. I think that's all pretty good. I think if any of those, um, any of the anti-capitalist stuff is new to you, uh, you should look into it. I think, uh, I think like maybe like me, if you like are experienced, like when you first read about that stuff and it just like you kind of nod your head along and you're like, oh yeah, that does kind of make sense. Read more about it. It's good shit. It's a fun rabbit hole to go down. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, f I feel like a lot of our best stuff is when we mock people, so hopefully this uh, this was fun to listen to. <laughs> we weren't too harsh on either of these people. No crazy folks in this one. I thought everyone was really genuine and, and nice. Uh, 
let's get into yeah. our third segment though and maybe we'll find something a little bit spicier yeah um so for our third segment uh strap in folks because me and adrian are doing dark magic yeah uh so what we want you to do light some candles go into your bathroom say big facts no cap three times in the mirror and paul and adrian will appear <laughs> in your bathroom with you with masks on six feet apart <laughs> Um, okay, yeah, no, so there's going to be a little bit of prep work that I have to do, because I haven't actually done the thing I need to do yet, but I will be doing some tea leaf reading for my own fortune. Paul, do you have loose leaf yeah, tea? Yeah, I can no? go get some loose leaf tea. Uh, give me a moment to run downstairs, uh, heat up the kettle, and uh, put some loose leaf tea in a cup. Wait, hold up, hold up. That's So this is what I was worried about, is um, th- there's a little bit more to it. <laughs> okay, so here's what the, the rules for tea leaf reading are. Um so you should use something that isn't an electric kettle. You're supposed to use a tea kettle that can go straight onto the stove. You're going to want a spoon. It's got to be stainless steel because it's a psychic generating moon-related metal. You can also do silver, but definitely don't use aluminum. I don't know how to tell. <laughs> Not going to lie, I don't either. I I kind of picked it. I think we have spoons that have like stainless steel printed on them in the bottom. But um, And then you need a cup with a saucer. Ideally, it will be something where... The saucer is twice the diameter of the cup. Probably fine as long as it has a saucer. The saucer doesn't need to match. Okay. So the first thing that we both need to do is we need to boil water. So what you want is enough. You want two cups. Uh, You're going to boil the water, pour it into your pot just to heat up the pot, and then recycle it back into the thing you boiled it in. (laughs) No problem. I've already got it all set up, so I can do this really quick whenever I get back out. Yes, it's ridiculous. I took notes on this. So the first thing you have to do is boil your water, put it into your tea brewing device for 33 seconds to heat it up, and then pour it back into your um, thing that you heated your water in. Then what you'll do is put three teaspoons of tea into your tea brewing device, and then pour that water, once it's like slightly cooled down, back into the tea brewing device. Then you're going to take that, pour it into your cup, in your cup, you're going to give it three counterclockwise circular swirls. And these swirls represent the psychic centrifuge, which symbolically separates it into your past, present, and future. Um, drink the tea until you're almost done to where there's like just enough liquid to kind of like swirl around less than a teaspoon. And then you'll do three more counterclockwise circles. And then once we get to that point, I can guide you the rest. Does that all work for you? Because I'm going to go brew my tea right now, too. Oh boy, what an involved process. All right. Uh, now it is poured into my cup. All right, we're now going to do three counterclockwise swirls in our cup. One, two. And these swirls represent a psychic centrifuge of separating out what's going to be about your past, your present, and your future in the teacup. And so the last thing you need to do until we get to the next part is just drink it. And then also you need to comment on how cute my Appa mug is that has a little arrow and it's a little brown arrow. And Absolutely a white adorable. Thank you. I found it at a thrift shop. All right. So after all that tedious work, we are now ready to get into Paul's half of the uh, third segment, Psychic Reading. Paul, is there a specific thing that you're trying to get my future read about or your future read about or is so this is just gonna be me also for the audience paul is also eating sandies right now tea sandwiches though so it's appropriate mm-hmm. um by the way guys little cream cheese some dill some uh some chocolate, white um, bread cucumbers on some white bread 
freaking delicious, delicious sandwich. So I, I feel like we could decide. I think we I should do one draw. A three card pattern might be good. I could do a more complicated pattern based on what we want to draw. I think three would be about the acceptable amount of not boring. All right, that sounds good to me. Do I need to have a question in mind, or what am I? What, what, how does this work? I know we've done this once before when I was kind of drunk, but I don't really remember. So a three card draw is typically framed as the past, present, and future for tarot. That actually does a very good mirror to what my fortune telling does. So, um, oh, really quick, do we want to describe what our background with these are? Like, we didn't just like pick these up off the oh, street. Oh yeah, um, I. I got into tarot cards because I thought the art was pretty and I wanted to own a pack. And then once you own a pack, you're naturally going to look up what it means. So it just kind of becomes like a little bit of a drunk trick. Yeah. And I've, uh, I've done Adrian's uh, fortune before and I, I'm not good at it. <laughs> um, He's pretty good. Hit Paul up. It's uh, on Venmo. Give him 10 bucks. He'll read your fortune. I definitely don't have the meaning of each card memorized. <laughs> you can also just fake that till you make it. Um, and then my thing is actually interesting where I bought some podcast merch and the podcasters, uh, one of them is from Virginia. So she linked up with a local company to make their shirts for them, which was a great idea because they're really soft and nice. Um, but also they had a bunch of random shit on their website besides like the very specific merch for that podcast. And one of them was a book about tea leaf reading. So, uh, I bought that and, uh, it's very short. So I was able to read it pretty easily and, uh, I don't know if this is the end all be all, but the dude is a is Dennis Fairchild. He's a professional astrologer, tea leaf reader, and author of Fortune Telling: A New Guide to Palm Reading. So he seems to be a very general grifter. <laughs> I like how we both have like <laughs> declared that we have a casual interest in this while also being incredibly dismissive and rude. <laughs> <laughs> are there any other hobbies that you have that are like that? Um, and we got these nice DSLRs. So like, I got into insect photography for a while. Even though I think everyone from high school who I know who's a photographer has no actual skill or ability. Um, yeah, I mean, like, there's some things in this world that aren't art, and podcasting is barely on that <laughs> threshold, and it's it's definitely not art, but way below that threshold around the level of taking a shit is <laughs> where photography is, <laughs> as far as what can constitute creating art, what can be constituted as creating art. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Like, people always tell me my photos are nice, and I'm like, literally, it's a point-and-shoot camera, dog. I don't do anything to it. <laughs> it's a camera. It does all the work for me. Your photos are nice. I Honestly, the funny thing is, you're being dismissive of it, and your photos of insects are the most actually compelling <laughs> thing any friend of mine has ever, like, taken on a DSLR. It's because I do the thing that, like, um, dinner for schmucks, where, like, I actually, like, kill them and uh, taxidermy them and then put them in little funny, like, religious uh, positions where they're, like, doing the nativity <laughs> scene. It's a bunch of carpenter bees. <laughs> Steve Carell's best movie. It's not. Paul Rudd's worst be movie funny. because he plays a straight man, which it's like, Paul Rudd should be a little silly. He shouldn't be a total straight man. Yeah, he should be an ant man, not a <laughs> not a straight man. So yeah, I think we could do we could do the future of this podcast, but we could also do uh. your future, my future, my past, present, future. Let's um, do podcast past, past past. Let's do podcast past, present, future. That's a tongue twister for anyone who wants that. Also, I can see why people usually strain out loose leaf tea before they drink it. <laughs> this is a yeah, I know. I'm trying to like sip it between my two front teeth, yeah. and I'm like, it, I, it's like I wish I had that sort of like gap. <laughs> I wish I was Paul Shear. Mm. Shots fired. I wish I was Danny Brown. All right, Paul. So, do you want to do? We're doing just a collective three card tarot read for the podcast. Mm -hmm. All right, cool. I like that idea. We're gonna do a three card past, present, and future stuff, and then we'll do okay. personal um, fortunes for the tea since we both have the tea. Um, shuffled the cards. 
Um, Adrian, do you want to, would you like to cut? Uh, okay, I'm going to cut. Ooh. All right. Yeah, they are. I've placed the three cards, and now I will play our, I will flip our past card. Okay, for our past, we have the moon. The moon represents the unconscious, the shadow self, confusion, dreams, intuition. The, the moon is the card of darkness, illusion, and unconsciousness. Now it's time to pay attention to your intuition and dreams. What do your deepest feelings tell you about your current situation? You may be hiding something from others or yourself. So this was the start of the podcast. I was say, do you think it is, just comes from the darkness in the, in the world that was happening when we decided to do this podcast? Yeah, it was the start of the pandemic, and there was a, a little bit of uh, confusion and hopelessness in this world. And I think, similarly, we didn't know what we were going to do with our free time, uh, our at-home time. Yeah, so also, I think... This podcast was a bit of a vanity project. It said something about uh, it representing dreams, which, uh, you know, it's always been a dream of mine to just put out content like this. Like, you know, even if it's not good, I put out a mixtape. Even if it's not good, I, I put out a podcast. I like just having yeah. stuff out there. And uh, also this card represents natural cycles, the cycles of the moon, menstruation, and the changing of the seasons. And you were, I think you were on your menses when we started this podcast. <laughs> I thought we were synced sense. up at that point. Or was it only <laughs> after we started doing the podcast that we synced up? <laughs> and the picture for the moon is like uh, two dogs howling at the moon, which actually makes sense. Because you're supposed to kind of read these as a story of a picture. And to see the two dogs, I think that's pretty clearly me and you and them howling at the moon is us howling our truth at the world hey beware them dogs i would like to i think this moon card is honestly in a way our audience because the moon is our audience and we're the we're the ones howling our truth towards the world the moon is our audience and when the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie that's amore we love you guys <laughs> okay so that's how this podcast started let's uh who boy see is there a cricket card <laughs> Let's see what our present card is. The Queen of Pentacles. Protective, nurturing, resourceful, abundance, down-to-earth, fertile, healthy, homemaker, mother. This card could represent a person you know or will encounter, or some aspect of yourself that is present or to call upon now. The Queen of Pentacles is a very practical and organized woman. She is successful in business and creating a secure, comfortable home for herself and those she loves. By making sensible decisions, she has made steady, sustainable progress. She is well-grounded and emotionally balanced. She cares for and protects others. The Queen of Pentacles has a concern for the environment and makes efficient use of resources. That's true. We do care about the environment and we do make efficient use of resources. Yeah, and I mean, I think it has to do with how we've been very uh, consistent with putting out this podcast. We're abundant in our content. We're, uh, we're nurturing to our audience. We're resourceful in our ability to pick themes and articles and deliver quality content weekly. Damn, all right, well, I'm hoping for the goat for the future, but keep reading on in terms of uh, our present. Um, and honestly, it's her sitting in a chair, which makes sense because we podcast sitting down. That's true. At first, we thought like our gimmick would be that we're the first podcast only recorded standing up, uh, but we didn't think that was a, <laughs> we didn't think this was a visual enough medium for that to be our gimmick. And our last card, the Four of Wands. Oh, nice. So the Four of Wands, the Four of Wands represents results, rewards, celebration. Oh, damn. Teamwork, gratitude, hope. Whoa. So wait, this isn't a prediction that I'm going to break off and do my solo work? <laughs> <laughs> when this card appears in a reading, it's time to celebrate your accomplishments. You've had success in your journey. Take time to honor your hard work. 
The Four of Wands marks completion of some stage. It could be a birthday, a wedding, a successful school examination, an anniversary, or the purchase of a new or home. Or a millionth subscriber. Whatever has been completed, now is the time to look back on your accomplishments and take stock. Give thanks to those people and for those things you have helped you and for those things that have helped you get to where you are. It's also a time to look forward. What has brought you this far? What things would you like to manifest as you move into the future? The castle at the center of this card reflects your home environment. Take this opportunity to reflect on what in your home enables you to get to where you are now. Give gratitude. Damn. Celebrate yourself! Exclamation point. That seems like a pretty lucky card to get. And here's the image for the Four of Wands. It's literally two people representing me and you once again. The dogs have evolved into people, and they are fucking balling out in the middle of four wands in front of a castle yeah which, which do you think is me which do you think is you i think i'm the one in the in the blue because blue is my color and you're the well, one in I, red because... I wanted to be a blue robe but that's fine that's fine <laughs> <laughs> this is when we break up is over this uh, no i refuse to be anything other than the uh than the blue robe so i have to say um and all of the cards we got were none of them were flipped upside down which usually implies trickery confusion uh chaos yeah um we got i know that from fresh prince of bel-air when his life got flipped turned upside down exactly so i have to say this is looking good for this podcast man i think we're gonna make it future's looking bright baby yes baby all right if only we actually believed in this (laughs) stuff (laughs) do you want to get your own personal fortune read now uh with the tea leaves uh, I should have been drinking faster. Sorry, I was talking. It's okay. You want to think of nothing while drinking. That's also one of the rules. Oh, okay. Uh, which, by the way, we've kind of... Some rules we've followed, some rules we haven't. Who knows? I also think the one teaspoon of leaves in your cup and the three in the kettle was way too much. So I actually just kind of grabbed some of the tea leaves out and put them on the side of my thing. Oh, uh, is it going to be just like a dense um, mush at the bottom? I've got... I have to see one. Yeah, I've got like there. a sizable amount. Do you have a saucer, by the way? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Because uh, let me know when you're close to being done. You want just like enough liquid to kind of swirl around. I actually probably need to take like one more sip to make it a little bit less. In your dominant hand, or your favorite hand. And what we're going to do is we're going to do three more swirls um, with the remaining liquid. So one, two three okay counterclockwise direction uh now formulate a question in your mind about the future got it think oh should we share it or is this like a birthday wish (laughs) i think i'm just gonna ask about how this next year is gonna go for me will i ever overcome my demons adrian (laughs) okay that's a tough one for a cup of tea to answer All right, this is the tough one. <laughs> Lastly, turn your cup over onto your saucer in one quick, solid motion and let the remaining moisture drip out of the tea for a couple of minutes. All right, Paul, I'll let, I'll demonstrate. Three, two, one. All right. Um, for best results and accuracy, read only from the first cup poured, recycle any remaining liquid. All right. And then after that, it's just the whole glossary of, um, things that you can see. So I'll go ahead and describe the way we do this, um, while we're waiting for our cup to drain for a couple minutes. Paul, what you want to do is you want to have the handle in your right hand when you read it. And then what you're going to do is in your mind's eye. You're going to separate the cup into three sections 
of three concentric circles. So the innermost circle, kind of a middle section, and then the outermost section. Oh, like a target yeah. type. And so okay. the middle is going to be your past, the second section is going to be your present, and the third section is going to be your future. So you're going to tell me what you see in terms of shape and then what section it's in, because both of those things determine what the actual fortune is. And that's it. So um, the other advice is, you know, nothing's going to really look like an airplane. So you kind of just need to use your intuition and gut feeling about what things look like. Go with your first instinct. And uh, we'll give this like another minute and then we'll read our fortune. All right, Paul, you ready to flip your cup over? Can I tell you a couple more things before you do? Yes. So we can focus on one or the other, you or me, first, or we can just go with the flow. Uh, there's no order with which you need to go through like the sections of the cup. Just as you see, as you see things, let me know what you see and what section, and what section it's in, and I'll let you know what it means. So let's flip over. Okay. Three. Oh, and also, like I said, flip it over with your right hand holding the handle, and that's what you want to. Actually, I guess that doesn't matter for the concentric rings. So, all right, three, two, one. Take a quick picture to send to Paul so he can know what mine looks like. Does any tea leaves that have stuck to the side of the cup, do they matter? Those are like flipped upside down tarot cards. So those are uh, a whole realm upon themselves. Is that really a thing? No. no. This is the nastiest picture I've ever sent to anybody. Oh, really, Paul? I think I know what you've sent some of uh, some of those bitches you've been talking to. And I think they're a little bit nastier. Oh, we've chose very similar looking tea. Yours definitely has smaller leaves, which is like giving it more of an ability to be. Ooh, I see a toucan in Paul's cup. But wait, I'll wait, let him stop, interpret. Stop trying to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's important is that we need to interpret our own. Okay, I think I see a rose in my outer circle. Mm, I see a bat in my most inner circle. Paul with a bat. Okay, let me look these up. Oh, here it is. <clears throat> A bat image calls for more investigating and reviewing, warns of being sidetracked by peripheral concerns. In all sectors, chill out, vacation, a time for reflection, retreat, Damn. and meditation. Compete with no one but yourself. Read between the lines and look beneath the surface. In sector three, oh no, you're at sector one. Okay, so you're good. So it just means chill out a little bit. Damn, so this teacup told me the same thing my doctor told me when I said I was getting chronic headaches, which is I have anxiety. Could have saved a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I mean, I don't know if it's, I don't think it's your fault because it's so obviously a woodpecker. I, you saw a toucan, I saw a woodpecker, but it's definitely a bird with a long beak on my most outer ring. Like, I was thinking that synchronized with when you said it. So I think it's just like very obviously that. Followed by the bird with the long nose, it's Pocahontas. Uh, do you want me to look that up? Yeah, see if there's a woodpecker because I see that more than I see a toucan. I would be surprised because I just looked up the R's and rabbit is the only word. <laughs> So I don't think woodpecker is going to be there, but I'll look it up. I'm sure bird will be there. Um, I think some of the choices for what... Okay, a bird in flight with open wings. No, that's one, that's, what it was. that's one is yeah. not in flight for sure. It's on a tree. Hmm. Okay. In any sector, don't sugarcoat matters. Keep promises to yourself. One or two birds in one sector is favorable. Three or more suggests loss of personal freedom. Beware of bullies. Shit, a bat isn't a bird, so I'm good there. Oh. Paul, you are correct. 
<laughs> that isn't a bird. Also, I see Europe. And they're also not in the same sector. I also what? see Europe in my outermost circle, but I don't feel like Europe's going to be in that book. God damn, give me a second. I still haven't looked up flower yet. Oh, flower. Okay. So this is for me, and it is in sector three. One flower, like a daisy or tulip, symbolizes new love in the form of a person, renewed affection. Two flowers signify a monogamous love affair. Attention and warm gifts arrive in sector two. Good for big ticket item purchases in sector three. Okay, time to purchase that Tesla I've always been thinking of. And Paul wants to look up Europe. I don't feel like that's going to be there. Europe. Nope. I think I see a penis, but I don't think that's uh, probably in the book. Oh, what if something is going between sectors or... Ooh, I don't think they have like a real way to handle that, but maybe it means it's a little bit of both. What do you got? I see like a torch with a fire. So I don't know if like fire or torch or something similar to that would be... Okay, okay, my man. Oh, there is also stuff like wavy lines. So if you see something more abstract, you can also do that. Triangle, tree, turtle... No torch. I don't know if there's anything that represents heat in it. Any chance you see a magnifying glass? <laughs> Is that a mystery in my life? <laughs> <laughs> um, hold on. Um, ooh, I see an oval, which I know is in the thing for sure. So I see an oval in sector one. What does that mean for old Adrian boy? Hold on. No whammies, no whammies. An oval or an open circle denotes self-improvement, health, and vitality returns. In sector one, personal getaway, private epiphany. Okay, I'm into that. Oh, wait, Paul, did you tell us what your question was for the... I said uh, my demons. Will I ever rid myself of my demons? <laughs> Do any of these apply to your demons, Will? I'm, I feel I'm... like this is applying to... I feel like the new year is like a really easy question to try and get fortunes on, but I feel like so far it's applying pretty well. Can I ask you a question? Can can the negative space be part of an image? Because I have an arrowhead in my negative space in Sector 3. Oh, that's cool. I don't know. Like, my thing was open circle, so I don't see why not. Let's see. All right. I don't know if you're going to be surprised, but acorn and airplane are the only things in A's. If the arrow is pointing towards the bottom of your teacup, then this indicates that you're likely to move into a difficult situation in the near future. Oh, wait, no, hold on. If the arrow is pointing in a horizontal direction, then this indicates that you are likely to stop other people from progressing for your own enjoyment. Paul, you fucking prick. Damn, and it's going to make my life more difficult because it's kind of halfway between both. <laughs> if the arrow is accompanied by tree symbols, then this indicates that you are likely to be in a difficult situation regarding your career. I'm not seeing tree symbols, but to be honest, it is tea leaves, so I everything kind of looks like a leaf in a tree. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, is your mind's eye open? I forgot to tell you that. You're, you're supposed to have your mind's eye open while you do this. Um, My mind's eye is literally always open. I think I see a heart in mine in my second sector, which maybe that's just me projecting onto this cup, but <laughs> let's see what it says. Adrian wants to get booed up for the quarantine. There's like 50 Bs. What the fuck? And there's two A's. Okay. You do, you dog. Horizon hat. Whenever we find a heart in our tea leaf readings, it is supposed to inspire us to be aware of our internal focus. This is the most important area of our life. It suggests that we need to be aware of what we enjoy in life, good or bad, positive or negative. Occasionally a heart is also used to symbolize love and romance, charity, joy, and compassion. Heart plays in a very important symbolic role in describing relationships, whether inspired by romance, family, friendship, 
This powerful emotion is at the heart of humanity. Oh, well, less romantic than I thought it was going to be. All right, Paul. Uh, mine just says send nudes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see a skull and crossbones. Can we consider that a win? Um, Adrian, I'm not going to lie to you. I see a lot of tea leaves, buddy. <laughs> I see a lot of tea leaves, too. <laughs> it's the main thing I see. <laughs> I guess I I also maybe like there's a triangle in a negative space, but like yeah, I see I more mean, things in the negative space than I see in the leaves. For some reason, the negative space speaks to me way more. Oh, easy. Oh, I see definitely for sure an arrowhead smack dab in the middle of yours. I see like a little dinosaur like waggling his arms on the left side. I see. Oh, now that it's flipped, it's a shark swimming into the dinosaur. Uh, I see a scuba diver oh, I on your top do see left. That. Yeah, actually, holy shit. Um, You're better at watching clouds than I am. <laughs> Yours seems a lot easier to read. I see, like, I see, like, a robot fucking with the swimmer, um, like, grabbing right, at right, right, right. I don't think that's helpful. What do you see I'm going to look up... <laughs> <laughs> I see a smiley face in your dead space. It's actually upside down. Um, and... Oh, I see it too now. Yeah. And I guess I see a mongoose in the negative space. Yeah, you're right. Yours is really about the negative space. I think it's because I had big leaves. So they just kind of like. All right. Nothing about a shark, but the triangle suggests slowing down. Incomplete plans. Review and reconsider. Not a time for action. Don't tackle more than is healthy. Pointing upwards equals positive. The answer is yes. Opposite when pointing downwards. Because it's actually pointing downwards, fuck. Is, it, is there something to be said about the fact that it was much easier for me to try to read yours, and it seemed like you got some stuff from mine quickly it, about knowing other people and seeing their, like, truth and their faults, rather than being able to read your I own inner truth? I see your true and... colors, and that's why Adrian, I I was trying to you. talk about something deep with you, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, yeah, no, I think that does say something about, um, patriarchy? What are we talking about? Honestly, if uh, if I ever switch back, so quick story about Adrian. I didn't start drinking coffee till my senior year of uh, college, and until then, I was a very ardent like you should drink tea instead. It's a like a more neutral, nice way to get some energy throughout the day. If I ever get back to that point, I would do a daily tea leaf reading just to like have some fun in the morning. All right, Paul. Big facts, no cap. Let's get out of here. Big facts. Um, magic is real, and we live in a world of mystery and wonder, and. Uh... Utilize magic to crush your enemies before you and to enrich yourself. My no cap is no capitalism. So, all right. If you use a witch, if you into magic, use it to bring down the system, bruv. All right. Bye, buddy. Bye. Put a spell on you. Because you're mine. Stop the things you do.
Because 